0: Hello everyone, welcome to the Bootstrap Founder podcast. My name is Avid Khan and I talk about how you can start run and sell a bootstrap business. This episode is called Spreading the Word: How to do marketing on a shoestring budget. This episode talks about a topic that's covered in my freely available guide and compendium called Zero to Sold. Over the last few months, I've been turning this 25,000-word guide into a 100,000-word book greatly expanding on the topics that are often just hinted at in the guide. I've hired several professionals to edit the book with me, and it'll be released soon. In the coming weeks, pre-orders for Zero to Sold will become available. So please check in with the podcast again for more information and discounts. If you want to check out Zero to Sold, the guide as it is now, please go to zerotosoldbook.com. Thank you just for that. And now let's get started talking about marketing. I'll sprinkle in a few feedback panda stories later on in this episode. One beautiful thing about a niche is that there's a certain similarity between the people in it. They are likely to frequent the same social media, read the same blogs, or visit the same websites, so they're often organized in communities where word of mouth spreads quickly. You can leverage the density of these networks by becoming a part of them genuinely participate in niche communities. Don't just use them as a marketing platform. Just contribute before you advertise. Better, don't advertise at all. Create meaningful content around your product and your business and share that in a way that's helpful to people, even without engaging with the product directly. Three components are essential to spreading the word efficiently and they all interact with each other. There's tribes water coolers, and word of mouth. And they're all quite affordable. Let me start with the power of tribes. You want to become part of and eventually lead a tribe. Tribes are communities that long for connection and shared interests. And members of a tribe follow the same community leaders. Facilitate more connection or satisfy people's interests. And you will be a voice in the community that your potential customers we'll listen to. Tribes form all, all around all kinds of topics. So some are obvious in our day-to-day lives, like fans of sports clubs. Others are very niche and highly virtual, like some obscure internet forum of like people who really love carpets. Like That stuff exists. And they're all essentially the same. They all revolve around the central interests and people talk about it with each other. This makes Tribes a great audience for your product very homogenous audience can be marketed to quite easily as you know exactly where you can reach them and what language they speak. And that's important for bootstrappers because we don't really have the budgets to talk to gigantic groups of people who are extremely diverse in their interests, right? We want to find the ones that are really, really interested in what we might provide them with. So that was Tribes. Let's talk about the power of the water cooler. And my suggestion is always to Look for and find the water cooler immediately when you start interacting with an audience. The locations where your customers congregate when they are not at work can provide insightful information as people talk more freely there than in professional circles. And let me just clarify this. I'm not saying necessarily just look at private things like personal hobbies, stuff like this can still be work-related but not in the middle of it, right? It's a community that is either adjacent to or some compartmentalized somewhere in the professional community, but the water cooler is the place where people are not actively working, but still interacting. And most of these water coolers are found in social networks, either Facebook or Twitter, or professional networks like LinkedIn. Reddit is also a perfect place to look, as the sheer amount of specific subreddit like the subreddits that exist on Reddit, there's a gigantic amount of them. And if you dive into that, that's a day wasted. But they are quite likely, they make it quite likely that there's a vibrant community for your niche audience already existing on Reddit. Tribes are notorious for having very active water coolers. And once you find one, becoming a member is very worthwhile. I've seen this happen, particularly on Reddit with a number of my mentees That went there, found a really good community, and by just being really careful not to advertise from the beginning, because Reddit is very, very um, conscious of people who want to sell stuff and they kick them out quickly. But just building up a relationship with the people in the community, a lot of benefits have shown themselves. So that is really, really cool. Listen to what people ask and complain about in those communities. And offer your product embedded in much more general advice. Or don't offer your product at all, just really give advice. Shameless promotion is usually frowned upon in these communities, so you need to provide something really helpful and meaningful along with your plug or ahead of it. It's beneficial to become an actual member of the community before doing any intentional marketing, and this will help you learn the language of the tribe and give you a chance to communicate with people, establishing yourself as a genuine member of their group. Water coolers are wonderful for your content marketing in two ways. Initially, you will have the opportunity to see what your audience is interested in because that's the content they share and engage with at that moment. And once you've understood what works for them and what does not, you can create content that you can be sure your audience will enjoy. Since you've already been a member of the community for a bit, you can provide quality content and market your product at the same time. Also, side note here, with many communities, there's a number of administrators, so just admins that keep like some sort of policing going in the community, like kicking people out who are doing the marketing uh, way too, obviously, or inviting people into the community, just keeping it kind of sane. Being on good terms with administrators in these communities is always a good idea. And if you're not sure if the thing you're posting is going to sound like an ad or not, when it's not, when it's just content, reach out to the administrators and ask them. I found this particularly helpful on Reddit, just building some sort of a port with administrators in, in subreddits is a really good way to make sure you are not posting something that will get you kicked out of these groups. Same goes for Facebook, Um, not as much on Twitter, but LinkedIn has that as well. Just really, tr- if, if you're not sure if your content comes off as too markety, talk to administrators. That will also allow you to build some sort of relationship with them, which once you want to actually do some marketing or launch something or get people excited, they can actually help you with it because you already built a relationship. So that is one of my most actionable pieces of advice when it comes to water coolers and communities. Let's now, after having talked about tribes and the water coolers, talk about the power of word of mouth. Word of mouth is the highest converting way of spreading the word. Convince people to convince others and give them the tools to do so. Create easy-to-consume and easy-to-share content that existing customers can forward to new prospects. Allow them to mentor their peers into using your product by adding means to connect inside the product, and that stuff works particularly well with the referral system. I'll talk about that later. Word of mouth works mostly for low-touch businesses because these companies have a large number of customers, which is important, and prospects as well. That can take a look at a product through easy and self service sign-up, and then Word of Mouth can happen without your intervention or encouragement because people are just excited for something. In high-touch businesses, Word of Mouth works differently. Most of the time in B2B enterprise industries, your product isn't very shareable because it gives an edge to the business that uses it, so they don't really want to share it with other businesses. Instead of everyone in the industry talking about your product, you want everyone in the businesses you would like as customers to talk about your solution before you reach out through direct sales. It's like pre-warming the business you want to sell to, not the whole industry. There's also one thing about word of mouth that you will need to be aware of. You have no means to censor or steer that conversation. If there's something negative about your business, communities and tribes will discuss it. For many founders, hearing people complain about their service feels painful, but it's a normal part of the business. In the end, even a neutral or negative conversation will keep your brand in the minds of your prospects and remind them of the fact that you're at least trying to help, even though you may not succeed completely. It's just kind of uh, saying that um, yeah, all PR is good PR. While it comes with a grain of salt, the important part is word of mouth works both ways. Great things will get syndicated through these channels and bad things will too, which you see a lot on Twitter with the, I guess, the the PR attempts of some businesses that just fail and people kind of turn it into memes and and viral kind of retreating. How how they failed at it, and these kind of things will happen as well. But it's it's not a problem, right? It's just it's just something that comes with a community that spreads information a lot. They will spread any kind of information. So let's maybe look at strategies at this point. And the most effective marketing strategy in this combination of tribes, water coolers, and like the fact that word of mouth is so powerful is that is helping a tribe. Unlike large agencies, bootstrap founders usually don't want to spend tens of thousands of dollars per month on social media ads. That doesn't mean you can't leverage social media for your marketing. Quite the opposite. Well, executed social media strategy can outperform pay-per-click ads significantly. And it definitely did for us at Feedback Panda. We experimented with paid ads, though, of course. And we didn't see any additional encouragement or, or engagement compared to our existing content marketing and outreach strategies. So we doubled down on that, and I think that was the right choice for us. But again, later. There was also a basic assumption underpinning all of these marketing efforts. It's not about us pushing a message into an audience of receivers, hoping for sign up conversions. It's about fostering a community that's eager to spread our messages for us, building our brand for us and giving us recognition and reputation. To accomplish that, you have to focus on building a community first and on your own messaging second. You need to help your tribe grow stronger, and they will be an amplifier for your messages. If you're fortunate enough to sell to a very focused niche that is, at best, a highly active tribe or, at worst, a loose community of people, here are a few ways of how you can help them. There's three ways here. The first one is facilitate communication. Allow for more connections between the people in your niche. Enable existing communities or build one yourself using community software like circle.so or tribe.so. Interview leaders in the community on your blog. Give them more reach and give their voices more impact. Interview members of your community showcasing both their uniqueness and their belonging to the tribe at the same time. Syndicate user-generated content on your blog. Turn regular tribe members into influencers through your outlets. It's just an empowerment strategy, facilitate communication. The second one is facilitate exchange. From day one, envision your product to have a component where your users can share something. It can be data, insights, best practices, support, frankly, anything. Give your users a chance to empower each other and they will make sure to increase their impact radius by carrying your service to their peers offer free resources from inside the community, and share your content with other outlets in the niche. That's facilitating exchange. Finally, produce and syndicate valuable content. No matter if you're producing a podcast or regular blog posts or a video series or just write articles with ratings, reviews, and testimonials, as long as you provide helpful and meaningful content for your niche, you will have followers that spread it. As your content is written for your customers, any new reader of your content will likely be an excellent candidate to become a new customer of your product as well. All of this just generates trust. And trust is the currency of tribes. And with enough trust, people want to listen to you. You don't need to spend money on marketing. And frankly, you couldn't buy this kind of relationship with your customers if you wanted to. Use the fact that you're selling to a niche audience to your advantage and become a leader in your tribe. Help it grow, help your community members to learn and get ahead. This way, you'll end up with a never-ending stream of eager customers who trust you and amplify your messages. I'll share a few more Feedback Panda stories about marketing after thanking our sponsors. The following message is brought to you by Bell Samek, Balsamic has decided to support the Bootstrap Founder community by donating the sponsored airtime to some of our listeners, which is really, really nice. And here it is. Are you overwhelmed with customer feedback coming from 10 different places? Are you struggling to keep track of the most popular feature requests? Then use Feature Upvote to create a feedback board. Customers add and upvote feedback directly. You quickly discover your most valuable product ideas. There's no learning curve from contributors and they can participate without signing in. This encourages high participation from your customers. And there's special pricing for charities, nonprofits, and uh, bootstrap startups. Go check it out at featureupvote.com. That again is featureupvote.com. If you would like to receive a promo code for Balsamic or even just thank the folks at Balsamic for supporting the community, visit balsamic.com go slash bootstrapped dash founder. All right. Let's dive into a few marketing stories. More and more, I see explainer videos becoming a staple of the landing pages that founders created for their products. We only ever made one promotional video. And it only happened because we were running as many many experiments as possible, not knowing really how to do marketing. It was just one of those things where you thought, "Mm, yeah, that looks kind of nice. Let's try one of these. The video was a collaboration between Danielle, my co-founder, and a friend of hers from university who was both into making videos and an online teacher. She even was a customer of a product. So that was a really good situation for us. She created the marketing video around a minute and a half or two minutes without much instruction needed as it was perfectly clear to her what she would like to see in such a video as a customer. It was truly marketing done by our audience for our audience. She figured out the perfect messaging, talking about saving time and showing a clip of herself and her husband spending quality time with their daughter, just the same kind of message that we wanted to send to our audience. And it's still on the Feedback Panda homepage. It didn't cost as much compared to the industry's going rates, but it was really, really effective. So that uh, that was uh, one of those things that we did that was just an experiment that worked up really well. In general, all of our efforts eventually turned into leveraging word of mouth among our customers, or at least encouraging it. With every single marketing experiment we ran, we would try to make it easier to share information about a product or the mission behind Feedback Panda. Our referral system was another thing we put in place for this reason. We had already seen that people would share the link to our homepage on social media as we were part of the tribe where such things would be shared. We were in the middle of the communities our customers would hang out in. So we were were quite quick to notice whenever people asked their fellow teachers how they deal with their feedback. And then somebody would eventually jump in and bring Feedback Panda in there and just put a link into the comments. We didn't jump right into plug our product. We intentionally waited a few hours for people to do this ahead of us so we wouldn't have to do it. And over time, people almost habitualized that. Like there were a couple of years in, or like a year into a product existing, whenever somebody brought up feedback, there would be guaranteed some teacher plugging Feedback Panda for us. We would never have to say it. Somebody would do it. It was almost reliable. And that's why tribes are great. If you don't constrict them, if you don't kind of push your thing too quickly, but just give them space to communicate, they will. So there was already organic sharing of a product. And knowing this, we carefully crafted a referral system that allowed for this win-win-win kind of situation. A win for the person referring, they would get a free month for a couple of referrals. A win for the new user, as they would get a cheaper subscription. And a win for us, because the revenue from those two users with everything discounted was still higher than the revenue of just one full-paid user. We needed to make sure that it didn't feel like a cheap marketing trick, though, to anyone involved. It was not in our interest to cheapen the value of a shared link, particularly in such a tight-knit tribe where links would already be shared voluntarily without any gains by people. With a completely optional referral system that provided value to both parties involved, we seem to have done this pretty well. But it was intentional, right? It was intentional to not push our referral system too much because there already was conversation in the tribe. And it's like with the Reddit situation that I described earlier. If you push your product too much, the community will see you as an aggressor, as an intruder. It's like a beehive, right? If the moment they, they see something that is not a bee, or a bee in disguise, they will attack it. And that's the same with these kind of communities. There's this strong bond between people that relies on keeping the community free from external influence. At the moment they see you as an external influence, you have a problem. So by embedding a system into the existing channels that people are already using, which is sharing a link. Now they just share a slightly different link and they say, it's good for you. It's good for me too. So the product is great. I get something out of this. You get something out of this. It doesn't feel like marketing anymore because they already would have said, the product is great. Here's a link, right? The product doesn't become great because there now is a way to save. It's already there. So in the minds of the community, you have to be... Um, Just genuinely honest when you share something. And a referral system that is mutually beneficial and doesn't incentivize sharing without the product being great, but it incentivizes sharing because the product is great, that is something that the community will accept. And I talked about three points earlier. Facilitate communication, facilitate exchange, and produce valuable content. So here's how we did that. When it came to facilitating communication, Honestly, we didn't have to do much. As our audience was already well-organized within their communities, any attempt to move them into a new community would likely have been resisted strongly, and it would have provided us with minimal benefit. We did engage with people on social media, particularly Instagram, to amplify their content within their communities. That gave us access to influencers in the online teacher niche, who would then be up for things like hosting a virtual meetup with us, which we did several times. Getting like-minded people together in such a setting is a great opportunity, and you can learn both a lot about their lives, their problems, and also signal that you want to be involved in that community. Not just signal it. You're doing it, right? That's very clearly being part of a community. From the early days, we regularly interviewed people from inside our user base, and we gave them a spotlight on our blog and in our newsletter. In a segment we called Panda. We send out written interview questions to a handful of people, and we ask them to reply with the answers, and a nice photo that they think represents them. We got a lot of replies, and we always had a few months' worth of VIPanda posts ready to be scheduled. It's a great way to also give back to your community, by just highlighting members of the tribe. Sometimes, people would plug their own businesses in these kind of responses, while other times, compelling story would be shared, a really interesting Adventure that they went through in their lives it was a completely random thing, and it kept people opening opening our newsletter and checking out our blog because there were real humans involved, real people just like them. We facilitated exchange, which is the second point, inside our product directly within it. Once Danielle had successfully validated the functionality of our product by using it a couple months before we released it, we thought about a way to allow our users to share their data their feedback templates with each other this was not a new thing by far teachers already tried to do that using google docs or emailing themselves excel files and you know that there's a saying in the sas world that whenever an excel file is emailed somewhere a new sas idea is born well it's not too far off for us we immediately made this a core part of a product and for free without having too much to do Actually, without having to do anything at all, our customers could share their templates with each other. This created a huge network effect. A few months into the product's existence, being public, the template database was already a few thousand templates strong. Because every teacher kind of had to teach uh, almost 100 different courses. So over time, teachers would add a template for every single course. So every teacher would have 100 items in the database. And the ones that they shared quickly added up. Just before we sold the business, over 700,000 templates were available to every Feedback Panda user for hundreds of different lessons among dozens of schools. It's pretty clear what the appeal of such a feature is. For a new user, having access to over half a million pre-written and pre-vetted templates, and that's a big argument to give the tool the benefit of the doubt and just use it for a few days. Obviously, everybody else is using it and sharing stuff must be good. And that worked. We always had a fairly high conversion rate, and it was getting close to around 40% after two years. We also had some of our users write content for a blog. We knew it would be written both in the language our customers would understand and speak, as well as on a topic that they would care about. And that one really worked well. The people who wrote those blog posts would also share them with their peers, and that led to more exposure that was not obviously the result of marketing outreach. It was an unobtrusive way of helping our prospects with valuable content that was relevant to them without shoving our product into their faces. Let me maybe talk about the things we didn't do because we didn't have the time for it, or more precisely, we didn't take the time for it. We never appeared on a niche podcast. We never wrote an ebook for lead generation, and we didn't do a lot of things we could have done. We went with the things that worked for our tribe. If you're selling to developers, it's a good idea to appear on developer podcasts or share your insightful development-based articles on Hacker Noon, right? If you're selling to bootstrap founders, join the wonderful community that is Indie Founder Twitter and write meaningful long post articles or link them on Indie Hackers and f- Hacker News for our audience of teachers, embedding ourselves in the tribe and letting them syndicate their own content to us worked best. Having said all that, I'm not a marketing expert. I just tried a lot of things and we, we repeated the things that showed promise, right? In, in Feedback Panda, Danielle and I, we just went to see what worked and what didn't. I believe that doing this long enough is the only way to ever become an expert. And you'll only ever be an expert for your particular niche to begin with. That's fine. It's more than fine. That's all it ever needs to be. I recommend you read up on all the different kinds of things that other founders do. Follow the journey on their podcasts and see if something like the things that they do can work for you. Try a lot of things. Doesn't have to be expensive to have a lot of impact. Experiment with social media engagement, write content, talk about how your product helps your customers, how their life is improved, or better, have them talk about it themselves. Try to bring as much of your humanity into the conversation, because you're a bootstrap founder. You're a real person. You're helping real people. You're not a faceless megacorp somewhere, right? You can leverage being a real person. And every relationship you build with your customers throughout the lifetime of your business can mean significant publicity for your business as well. You never know. Treat every customer as if they had access to tens of thousands of new prospects for your service, because you really don't know. Some of your people that sign up with your product, you talk to, may actually be just in that position, either today, already, or a couple of years from now. And they can be great amplifiers for your messaging at any stage, if they're excited by your product and by how you, the founder, were treating them. I'll talk more about leveraging being a Bootstrap Founder next week's episode. Until then, happy experimenting. Thank you for listening to the Bootstrap Founder podcast. You can find me on Twitter at arvidkahl, a r v i d k h l, And you can check out the blog at thebootstrappedfounder.com. If you have any questions about this episode, reach out on Twitter or send an email to arvid at thebootstrappedfounder.com. If you want to support me and the bootser Founder podcast, please leave a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and wherever you subscribe to this. It'll help other founders or founders-to-be to find the podcast and learn more about starting, running, and selling their bootser businesses. Thank you very much for listening and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.